Ladies and gentlemen, step right up. Let's go see the elephant. Boys and girls, welcome to Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Morissette, joined by a very uh, befuddled-looking Scott Haskins. Scott, because you've never listened to Honkin' on Bobo, you don't know that that was kind of the intro uh, from the song Roadrunner. That's right. I I would not know that. I I was just uh, I was kind of disappointed that there is actually no elephant to enjoy. No, and that was actually there uh, before every concert, like on the uh, Just Push Play and on the uh, Honkin' on Bobo tour, they would get together and say, "All right, boys, let's go see the elephant," and then they would break and then they would go on stage. So, as hmm. captured in the A and E documentary, "You Got to Move," uh, which chronicled them on the Honkin' on Bobo tour, which I recommend everybody go check out. Uh, every time Scott you has- say Honkin' on Bobo, I'm just like, I can't believe they actually named something that. Well, and for, for for good reason. And you know what? Maybe when one of my songs comes up tonight, maybe I'll go back to Honkin' on Bobo and put another song on there. Because the song we got from that one, You Gotta Move, pretty fucking good. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people like shitting on Honkin' on Bobo, but pretty solid record. Uh, Scott Haskin, uh, you're here. Uh, sexiest man in podcasting. You've been flexing. You're looking swole. Uh, how's it going in sunny Las Vegas? Uh, it's actually uh, very overcast and windy today, which is nice. Uh, I attended the NAB show, the National Association of Broadcasters yesterday. Uh, my knees are still hurting from all the walking around, but uh, man, it was uh, it, it's just cool to be around people that are really passionate about what they do, surrounded by all the gear they do it with. Well, that sounds great. And speaking of uh, passionate about what he does, uh, he's a podcasting legend. Uh, he's on 30 or 40 different podcasts. You know him. From Backtrack Steve Music and Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited, it's the one and only John Mariano. Mr. Mariano, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing fine. What, what have you been up to, Corey? Well, you know what? Uh, today I've been battening down the hatches because it's April 18th as we record this, and we're getting a massive snowstorm in Saskatchewan because fuck you. Uh, Mother Nature uh, hates us vehemently and is trying to kill us. What are you up to, John? Oh me, I, I I've just been listening to the Knapsack Network. It's the home of the Blathering with Ken Knapsack, Saturday Night Knapsack, and so much more. The Blathering is an off the cuff, from the heart and head podcast from comedian and author Ken Knapsack, written, hosted, and performed by Ken Knapsack, co-creator of Four Center, the, the Knapsack Files, and Pop Rock and Radio. Saturday Night Knapsack is a satirical radio show full of a wide cast of characters, segments, and more. It's a show so real, it had to be fake. Tune in to the Knapsack Network. F- find it um, on your local podcast feed. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. And uh, John, uh, as we record this, we got a little bit of Aerosmith news. Do you remember the the link you sent me over the weekend? Um. Yes, I do. Do you, oh, want, you to want me to folks? talk about it? Do you, do you no. want me to do it or do you want to do it? Oh, I just, I, I answered your question. Your question was, I know. do I remember it? I remember sending you a link. Okay, did you yeah. want to talk about said link? Wait, I would like to interact with my friend Scott for a minute. Okay, sorry. So, Scott. Hi, John. You, you were just witness to mom and dad fighting. What? Okay. Yeah. My, 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 my question to you is, did they not answer the man's question? You You gave a very direct and literal answer, yes. You uh, You also muted yourself. No, I think I muted him because I wanted to get this point across. <laughs> See, I, I kind of thought uh, in the natural conversation of things, uh, because it was John who sent uh, the link, that he would just kind of you know pick up the ball and run with it. John never picks up anything and runs with it uh, unless it's a hoagie. Uh, so I, I should have known that, that he would trip over it and stumble and fall. So well, that's first my of bad. all, you said hooker wrong. And second of all, 
Uh, I realize now why you're the host of the show, why you're the one with the Zoom link and in control so that you can mute poor John at whim. Nobody's so, unmuted so, now. So so the mistake that Corey made is he muted me. And I started getting messages. And it, said, it literally said, Scott, you missed this. The host would like you to unmute. So while you guys were vamping, I kept hitting the mute button like to make sure it stayed muted. And I don't know if Corey was getting the message that I refused to, to unmute. Oh, no. I, I was hitting that, but I was hoping you wouldn't for a little bit so I could uh, get my point across. And it worked out beautifully. Thank you for that. Yes, you have the power, but I mean, I could just leave. Well, you could, but then what fun is that? Then you wouldn't get paid. Yeah, but you're always late anyways. What do I care? I tell you what, you, you like getting that check every two weeks, my friend. L I guarantee it. L listen, you sent me that email a couple of days ago. Well, get your time card in. I don't want to hear it. Don't be a son of a bitch. You do me a favor and you stop sending me emails. I don't know. Get your time card in. You're lazy. How dare you, sir? Or he's you're... rebellious. Or he's rebellious. Yeah, you're lazy or rebellious. Which of those two words uh, do you think more fits John Mariano, Scott? I'd like John to start a lazy rebellion. <laughs> that That's his everyday life. He's a lazy rebellion. <laughs> he, he's the character in Dazed and Confused who won't sign the waiver from the coach saying, I won't do drugs during football season. That's John. <laughs> I'm not signing your fucking waiver. I don't plan on doing drugs, but I'm not signing your waiver. I, I, I mean, I mean, picture that, but with like the Empire, right? Like stormtroopers show up and it's like, you, you know, get in line. Nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stand over here outside of the line. No, yeah. get in line. I'm going to stand over here. We're going to shoot you. You're going to miss. <laughs> they shoot at me, they miss. Yeah. Oh, see, I told you, you missed. John, the rebellious stormtrooper is going to hit targets, not miss them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that news we were alluding to uh, yeah. was Joe Perry in an interview, uh, let it slip that Aerosmith plans on touring this fall. Uh, wow. He says Steven Tyler is doing much, much better after his health issues. He's doing great. He's 100% better. Um, he had a bunch of physical stuff come up, but he's ready to go. Uh, the news isn't so good on Joey Kramer. By the sounds, uh, it sounds like just 50 years of, of being a drummer in a rock and roll band is catching up to him. Uh, unfortunately, his wife passed away uh, not that long ago, too. He took a leave of absence to kind of deal with family issues. So we don't know his status, but, you know, four-fifths of Aerosmith uh, could be hitting the road this fall, and that's pretty exciting. I, you know, I, I hope Joey makes it back, but if he is not uh, feeling up to the task, I would throw my hat into the ring. I'd go... Uh, I go play with those guys. Now, do you got the time? I know you're a pretty busy fella. Would you go on a worldwide tour with uh, one of England's most uh, notorious bands celebrating their 50th anniversary? I think I could be bothered to make a mobile podcast rig and just do a podcast from the hotel rooms. Hey, if uh, you know Mick Jagger can travel with his own personal gym in a, in a big bus uh, wherever he goes, uh, why not just have a mobile podcasting recording studio? Sure. Exactly. And that came if, up because the uh, Joe Perry Project is currently on tour uh, with uh, Gary Sharon, uh, Buck Johnson, Jason Sutter, uh, David Hull as the Joe Perry Project. And uh, I found this kind of uh, kind of shocking. As part of the encore, they're doing Lightning Strikes, which is a song from the Aerosmith album. Joe Perry's not on. Uh, it's not oh, what I his. thought you meant the Lou Christie song. No, he, he's doing an Aerosmith cover of Lightning Strikes. He does some Aerosmith songs there. He does Walk This Way and a few others. Sure. But yeah. Uh, yeah, everyone's kind of like lightning strikes. Really, like th that's the album. You're not on, Joe. Hmm. I guess he really uh, dug the tune. That's bold. I'll say. 
I, I like that he did that. I, I would also like to hear him do the Lou Christie song, Lightning Strikes. Uh, that could be a lot of fun. Uh, doesn't Joe also play with Alice Cooper and, and Johnny Depp in the, uh, I can't think of the name of the band. Hollywood Vampires. Hollywood Vampires, yeah. Yep. The busy and, guy. Uh, they're they're doing some shows right now too. So yeah, Joe is really getting out there right now between uh, doing the solo stuff and the, and the Vampires and hopefully uh, an Aerosmith uh, tour. And from what John and I are hearing, uh, if you plan on seeing Aerosmith, better go see him. Uh, this, I don't think they're billing it as a farewell tour, but 50 years beating yourself up on the road. This is probably their last kick at the cat. You know, I just read an interview with Stuart Copeland from the police where people talked, we're, we're talking about a, another police reunion and uh, he said no, uh, which which I was kind of sad to hear. I would love to get the chance to see them. But he said, basically, they're all getting along so well, not working together, that that's <laughs> the way they should stay. But he did say that he has learned to have a great appreciation for Sting's songwriting in the time since they've split, because when he was in the band, he just did his thing. He didn't really pay attention. And now that he's, you know, he's been a, a composer. He he did all the music for the show, Dead Like Me. He's done a lot of film work. Uh, I think he has a, a different writing perspective now. Mm -hmm. I think he's really grown as a composer. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad to see he appreciates what he was a part of more so now. But at the same time, I'm kind of bummed that, you know, I won't get to see that reunion. Yeah, it, it, it's tough when you have uh, three personalities that don't mesh at all yeah. like the police but they create beautiful music together kind of a lot like aerosmith too you know they all travel separately uh they all do their own thing before the shows uh in that documentary I talked about you got to move there's a great part where one of the roadies uh has to go to every single band member to get the set list uh, approved so you go to like joe first and joe will say show him last night's set list okay this is what we did last night he goes okay let's swap out this with this and then he goes to Stephen, and Steve goes, why the fuck would we do that? And then he changes it back. And then he double check with the other three. Yeah, we're good with that. Go back to Joe. Steve wanted to do this. Are you cool? And you go, yeah, okay, I guess I'm cool. And then that's the set list they would go with. I hope they paid him well. Because <laughs> he's already got to find all five guys, wherever they are in the building. Okay, right. here's what Steven wants to do. Why the fuck are we doing that? Let's do this instead. And oh, this bomb, let's not do that again. And then, oh, it was great. And just five guys who were brothers, you know, essentially like in, in, in Boston, they're right. Just uh, not meshing. So I'm hoping we can get like classic Aerosmith back together. Like they were maybe, you know, 91, 92, 93, you know, get a grip pump era, uh, certainly back in the seventies when they were coherent enough to perform. Uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping for out of this tour. John, uh, I know, I think you were pretty excited about those news. Uh, if they're coming around uh, New York way, you plan on uh, checking out an Aerosmith show? Yeah, I think I want to take my kids to go see it. Um, you know, I've seen them a couple of times, and and I know they're not going to be what they once were, but um, it'd be nice to see one last farewell with them in whatever state they're in. Mm -hmm. And it, you got to expect you're going to get the same set pretty much every night. It's going to be 90 minutes uh, if we're lucky, you know, 17, 18 songs, and pretty much the greatest hits, uh, no deep cuts. You know, for a guy like Scott, who's hoping for Sheila, probably not going to hear that one. Or John <laughs> with Major Barbara, they're probably not breaking that one out, but uh, still going to be worth it to see the boys from Boston, the bad boys from Boston, one last time on stage. Uh, but before we get into our dice and what we're going to listen to tonight, uh, Scott, maybe tell us a little bit about our uh, friends at the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Hang on, just as I'm just finishing my email to Aerosmith requesting that if they play any city in New York, that they start and finish with the movie, just for John. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think that needs to happen. 
Uh, boy, our our ever growing uh, you know deep dive podcast network is pretty amazing. Of course, John and Corey do their own show, Backtracks Theme Music, which is fantastic. I have to listen to this week's episode, but I've listened to every other episode they put out, and it, every one of them has just been a, a highlight and a smile in my week. Also, uh, Corey does a show with our friend Mark Meyer called And the Podcast Will Rock All Things Van Halen. I do a show called Your Bry Heap the Magicians Podcast. Nate and John over at the Deep Purple Podcast do the entire, not even just Deep Purple, they do the whole family, you know, everything that, that the band members have been a part of they're covering, which is pretty extensive catalog. I'm sure they've got another 10 or 15 years to go on that show. We have uh, Skinner Reconsidered. T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side, Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Rye actually just joined uh, the Deep Purple guys to do a review of Black Sabbath's Mob Rules album. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, actually one of the only two I know from Black Sabbath. Uh, we also have In the Lap of the Pods, a Queen podcast, Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z, Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie podcast, Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, we have George and Hattie at the Judas Priest cast. And if all goes well this weekend, uh, this time our schedules come together, I'll actually be uh, a guest on that show here pretty soon. We have the North by South podcast, So Far, So Pod, So What, All About Megadeth, The Tom Petty Project, Seaside Pod Review, another Queen show. We have And Volume for All, which is really all about general heavy metal. And then we have the Rock Roulette podcast. We have uh, Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. But... Outside of our network, we also have a couple of friends. We've got the Sean Geek and Fast Fret podcast, really kind of a, just a, a smattering of different pop culture items. Very, You're bound to find something that you're interested in. And Eric at Booked on Rock, where he covers books about music and bands. It's a, it's a pretty extensive list. I'm tired just listening to it. I'm ready to call it a night. What do you say, boys? Uh, what do you got to plug? Well, I'd like to plug my song, but we're never going to draw it, so... No, and it's the first two songs on the dice. Let's go over what's currently on our dice here tonight. I'm Down, which is just brand new to the dice. We haven't had that at all on there. Uh, you See Me Crying from Toys in the Attic, Hole in My Soul from Little South of Sanity, The Hand That Feeds, a deep, deep cut from Draw the Line. And then we have two tracks from Just Push Play, Light Inside, and Jaded. John Mariano, you look like you're about ready to fall asleep. Which one of those six would you like to listen to tonight? So what I'm really looking forward to. Right, and mainly because um, the album it's on is uh, "I'm Down." I'm down. Maybe, maybe this week's the week. It's been I have twenty shows. Twenty shows. Here's what I'm gonna tease: if we do spin "I'm Down" tonight, I have big plans for. Oh, perfect! I'm hoping we get it. I'm gonna pick that too, then, because whenever John says he's got big plans, something really interesting happens. Rarely is he clothed, so this is gonna be interesting, Scott. Uh, what are you hoping for? Are you hoping for a Nick and John and I'm down? Or are you hoping for something different? Well, I, I think the uh, the dice has been very Mariano heavy as of late. So I'm going to be a little bit selfish and uh, and put a plug in again this week for I'm down. All right. Will this week be the week? Let's find out. Let's uh, hit it, Mr. Tyler. Toss of the and we're going to come up with the hand that feeds. Of course we are. Scott Haskin just left the feed. He's so upset. <laughs> I, I just had my my mouse over the camera, just waiting. <laughs> when I saw the window get big, I'm like, well, it's not I'm down. It has more more words than that. So it was either hold my soul or the hand that feeds. And we're getting the hand that feeds from side two of draw the line. 
John, you put this on the dice. Very Mariano heavy again. Uh, do you know this song at all? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I put it on because I dig this song. It's a, it's a, it's a slightly deeper cut, and I was, I was looking for something that was kind of splitting the difference. We had been trying to hit both ends of the spectrum with, with Aerosmith, and I wanted something. You know, we, we got to start getting what I would call the filler episodes in, but I don't know that this is gonna be a filler episode. I think this has a shot. It has at least an outside chance of making the mixtape. Interesting. Now I'm looking at the the, the listed uh, songwriters here, and we have Stephen Tyler, Brad Whitford, uh, Tom Hamilton, Joey Kramer, and Jack Douglas. No Joe Perry. I know Joe had mentioned a couple times that they were recording "Draw the Line" in an old farmhouse, and they were so gacked up on whatever fucking drug they could get a hold of that he would just pass out for days on end, and he would wake up, and the band would have like a song cut. Maybe this is one of those songs he doesn't even remember playing on. He's the only member of the band that doesn't have a songwriting credit on it. I would be curious to know how they delved out their credits. Like what, how much did you have to contribute to be able to get a credit? Because if you think about it, nobody's writing Joey Kramer's drum rolls. Right. You know, so where's the line between you're part of this or you weren't? That, that I'd be curious about that. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like, according to Joe Perry, uh, The Hand That Feeds, which was mainly uh, Brad and Steven. Uh, who wrote this one? And he says, uh, "quote I didn't even play on it because I'd stayed in bed the day they recorded it, and Brad played great on it anyway." So we're not even getting Joe Perry on this track. This is all uh, Brad Whitford. Wow. Well, and in but, answer to the question that Corey was about to ask me, no, I haven't heard this song yet. But but, but I wasn't going to ask it, you that. I know you haven't. You haven't heard listened to much of anything. That's true. But, but I was going to ask Corey, um, why do you think it's a bad thing that? Uh, no, Joe Perry and only Brad Whitford. It's, you, you know, we. I, I think you know, at times when Brad Whitford's been front and center, um, we've gotten some better Aerosmith. I didn't say at all it was a bad thing. I just it said it was like a thing. It seemed like you insinuated that. I don't think I insinuated it. I think you're uh, misinterpreting uh, my intentions. I love Brad Whitford. I think you're in a really bad Canadian mood tonight. Uh, I was going to say that about you in a really bad America. It's that email I sent. I think it's pissed you off a little. I, I think you are you you are just as foul as the odor that emanates from my um home. In all that, fairness, Corey's house is slowly turning into an igloo tonight up in Canada. So I, I mean, I would be a little apprehensive myself. Thank you. I'm I'm ready for a good track. I'm ready for a little Brad Whitford lead. Let's hit it, boys. This is the hand that feeds from Draw the Line. I just got this image of the band just fucking coked up to their gills and Tom's just playing one note and Joey's just blah, 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 and Brad's just plunking along. It sounds it, like, kind of like a Judas Priest opening, doesn't it? You think so? Well, yeah, that, just just kind of that straight drive. I was thinking more I, lethargic. I was thinking more uh, Uriah Heap. Hmm. It sounds like the sound of the song Sprinting. Hmm. It sounds like this isn't going to be a marathon. This is going to be a sprint. Okay. Well, it's four minutes and, uh, you know, 16 seconds left in the track. So it's a long sprint.
Well, I think what they did is they just wanted to set some kind of musical background for Steven Tyler to just start making sounds. <laughs> and but make I, sounds I do, he did. I do love the bass, though. The bass sound is phenomenal. Well, it's very prominent. Uh, he's mm -hmm. not doing much on it, but it's very prominent. And the drums are shimmery. Very shimmery. You, uh, John, you're the resident drum expert. Uh, what did you think of the drums? I, I, I think they were overshadowed by the bass. The, ba the bass line for me is kicking, mm -hmm. right? Like I, 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 I know that you seem very unimpressed by what's going on with the bass, but the fact that they have the balls to put it at the forefront in this song, and it's kind of dri dri driving right now. Um, it's a slightly different sound for Aerosmith. Even even Steve, Steven going for a scratchier voice at the at the top of this. Um, I, I want to see where it goes. Well, and the bass is actually even louder than Steven is. Steven's very much in the background as he's going off with the doctor, doctor stuff. But um, I'll be curious to see if the bass settles into place. Maybe they've just boosted it for the opening. And then as the song progresses, it'll settle back into the position it should be. Well, what happened was, is uh, uh, Curtis Joe Perry is sleeping uh, at this point. So he's not ahead in the mix. Brad is used to being back in the mix, being the rhythm guy. So he's not really loud. Uh, Steven is so coked up. He, he has his back turned to the microphone. He, he doesn't even know what room he's in. He's just blethering lyrics. So Tom's the only one uh, plugged in and playing competently at this point. Yeah, I, I'd actually like to recreate this with some Star Wars action figures in a barn. <laughs> Before the darkness starts again, yeah, Tom is killing it on this track. I really loved uh, the, the bass sound and how Brad's working with them uh, on that little chorus line there on the hand that feeds. That was pretty cool. I would have thought though that Brad would have recorded a lead track in in you know Joe's absence, like he would do the rhythm guitar and then he would I'm do sure. a lead over it. I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, he just uh, yeah, he's the only guitar on this song, so he can kind of bite his. I, I think that minus the doctor, doctor, doctor scratches, it's a choice. It's a creative choice. It's not a choice I think I agree with. But I think short of that, I'm really digging the track. All right. Do do I want to know what the Uncle John reference is here? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> what are all the things that Uncle John needs? That's oh. that's what I'm worried about. We have a John on the call, John. I, I I get I get a little concerned when we get into this kind of area with with Aerosmith. This is where um we've had to apologize in the past. So I'm going to steer clear of it. Well played. Probably a wise idea. Yes. I, 
I do think it sounds way better when they're harmonizing together like they are right here versus when Steven's standing alone. Um I, I, I like I think there are elements of this song that could have made for an all time great Aerosmith song. It doesn't feel like enough of the work was put in to get it there. Very lethargic. Lethargic is a word that's been used quite a bit. Even uh, Jack Douglas uh, said when he started out producing this record, he gave it his all, but you know the band was putting such a half-hearted effort into the record, he kind of tailed off too. It's, it's hard when you're the only one keeping up the energy. I mean, this is supposed to be fun and creative, and you know you're making a record that a lot of people are going to hear. Uh, it, it should not be a pained process by any any stretch of the imagination. Um, I do agree with you, John. I love the harmony, but it's like half the song is harmony. Well, then you love half the song. <laughs> I do love half the song. Uh, but the other thing is, too, is that I think Stephen is too quiet. And part of the reason that the harmony sounds good is because it's actually cutting through and putting the vocals back up to the volume of where they should be in the song. I mean, I mean, that sounds very technical. Um, I'm going to have to um, agree to disagree. Uh, because I don't know enough to agree with you. Um, <laughs> so you're just wrong. <laughs> but but you know enough to disagree. That's my favorite part. Well, you know, well, I well, get... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say, in, in fairness, I don't want to agree to something that I, I don't understand. That's fair. Uh, I'm kind of wondering if this was recorded later in the sessions because Jack Douglas was talking about uh, Stephen half-assing it. And then Stephen had to come out and say that it wasn't his uh, lethargy that ruined the album. It was the band's. Yeah, he says, uh, uh, what's the quote? I wasn't Patti Smith writing poetry. I write exactly to the music when the music ain't coming, neither were the lyrics. So it's not his fault. It's the band's fault. So do they typically do music first and then add lyrics over the top? For the most part, yeah, unless like Stephen's coming with a fully formed thing. But usually I think it's music first and then lyrics. Interesting. Okay. So so the lead singer doesn't count as part of the band? Well, he's better than the band usually when you have lead singer ego syndrome, right? Oh, yeah. And when the band gives me shitty music, I can't write good lyrics to that. Be, 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 between Scott's insight and this knowledge, I am so confused right now. <laughs> let, let, let's get you back to the music then to clear you up here. Our thoughts on the solo section, Scott. Um, I was worried there wasn't going to be a solo at first. It sounded like he was just going to waffle through it, and I thought, "Oh God, this is your chance!" You know, the guy, <laughs> you're, you're, Joe's in uh, bed. Go, yeah, he's sleep, sleep. Doesn't even know you're working. Uh, but no, I thought I thought it came out great. Um, I really felt some good passion in there. The the solo definitely fit the song very well. Uh, he could have taken it a little bit further. It felt slightly restrained to me, but I I like what I heard. 
restraint is a good word. That's kind of what I felt too. It's like, yeah, you know, you could take that, you know, you, you kind of expect a, a Joe Perry solo to kind of go galloping past where kind of Brad was. Brad was still kind of in rhythm mode, right? Like I'm just playing these little accents and it was, it was good. Don't get me wrong. And I love Brad Whitford as a player, but yeah, here's your opportunity. Joe's passed out in bed. Fucking, oh, you know, let's get that Ferrari on the highway and open her up, buddy. Yeah, I think he's like, I, I better stay in my lane and and do something I know will work instead of really going for it. Mm -hmm. John, what do you think? I think that you're giving everybody way too much credit. You can't sit there on one hand telling me that everybody's obliterated out of their minds and on the next, you know, breath telling me that, you know, they have all this insight onto why they're doing something. If they're obliterated out of their minds, they're just kind of reacting and giving you whatever they have. And if they're not, then it's not because the, the album doesn't suck because they're obliterated. It sucks because they're not passionate. So you pick a lane. Well, I don't I don't necessarily think it's that. I, I don't know why he played the solo the way he did. Maybe that's what he felt was the right thing to play. I'm just saying, compared to what I've heard him do in the past, it seemed restrained to me. And it, and I, like if this is your chance and your 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 opposition is out of the way, like this is your chance to really shine and cut through and maybe take his spot. Right, right, but your advice is falling on deaf ears because in, in the words of Corey at the top of the episode, he's obliterated out of his mind. They all were, right? So he doesn't have the the ability to sit there and go, oh, this is my chance. He's like, oh, I guess it's my turn to play the guitar now, right? Like, it's more like that, right? Like, well, yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm saying from my perspective, this is your chance. I don't know that he even realized that that solo wouldn't just be I, over overdubbed by Joe tomorrow. I, I think based on what Corey said, I don't think he even realized he was playing guitar. Why do you take what I say as gospel? Listen, I'm trying to take your side for once. You are? You fuck, you're, you're kicking me in the nuts for the last 10 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck did you do, Scott, to piss off John? Like, you shit in his cornflakes? My God, he's just crapping on everybody. Well, I just and He's having you, a good Corey. hair day, too. Literally, I, I, all I'm doing is defending Corey, and Corey sits what? there... Clearly, Scott was arguing with you. But Scott was trying to sit there and say, "Yeah, Scott just said, I don't think they were out of their mind. I think he had the wherewithal to think about this." I'm like, "Wait a second, that's not what Corey said." Fuck you, Scott. Yeah, I, I didn't don't even pick up on that. I, I don't think that's what I said, but okay. <laughs> oh my lord, this is way off the rails. Let's get back to the song. Stop Instigator. biting the hand that feeds you, Scott. Instigator. I'm a little bit upset because I, like there's another Aerosmith song that my name comes up in that I really feel honored that my name comes up in it. And like the way my name's coming up in this song, <laughs> I really feel um, like I need to take a shower and apologize to everybody. I get that. Yeah. What are the things that uncle John needs besides a good hoagie? Uh, look, the way the band is saying it, I, I'm a big fan of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. And Charlie on that show has an uncle, and they used to play games like Nightcrawlers, where 
his uncle would sneak into bed with him at night. And it's really like it's really kind of filthy. And I'm concerned that this is that kind of Uncle John. And I don't want to I don't want to be associated with that kind of Uncle John. So I don't appreciate the song right now. I, I do have to agree with you. It does have that, you know, let, let's slip into the gaming closet while no one else is looking and let's hide behind the coats kind of feel to it. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know. I think at this point I kind of expect that that's what he's talking about in his lyrics because there's been so much of it that my brain just automatically says that's probably what he was talking about. But on, on the bright side of it, I, I will say that there are a lot of really nice uh, pitch bends here that we're hearing, you know, and, and Steven's really good at those, but the, the backups are singing them perfectly with him. I like the sound of the vocals, regardless of what they're saying. And I, I, I think he's just doubling uh, for, for the harmony. I don't think there's any background vocals on this. Uh, the only listed guest uh, background vocalist uh, on the album is uh, Karen Lawrence on the track, Get It Up. So there's nobody listed as being uh, singing backup on the hand that feeds. Oh, okay. So this is just him. Okay. Yeah. Still and, sounds uh, good. Uh, Wikipedia also says Joe Perry uh, played a little rhythm guitar on this track. So uh, despite what he said earlier or in the Walk This Way biography by Stephen Davis, uh, he may have actually played a little guitar on this. Not the lead, though. That was Brad. Hmm. Every fucking time. <laughs> I, I I was just going to say... So what you're saying is I was right when I was saying people were unaware of what instruments they were playing. Yes, you were 100% right. Where's our John was right noise, Scott? Let's let's try and see if it works. Nope. <laughs> I'm, sh I'm shaking my little skull shaker heart out here. Well, I, we heard it when you picked it up, but then the compressor kicked in, and you just yeah. look goofy smiling as you're waving this thing in front of the mic that we can't hear. How, how does it know that it's not... How does it know? That's you know, and I'm an audio guy. I still don't know how it knows. Then turn your compressor off, dude. It's a podcast. I don't have a compressor on. <laughs> My God, is everybody done talking now? Can I play the fucking song? Hey, I also wanted to talk about. Oh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> See, John's got that shitty grin on his face. The minute I hit this space bar, he's going to say something. And now I kind of wish he would have, because we're getting into, oh, fuck. Oh, you want to move on? Nice extended outro there, boys. What did we think of the hand that feeds? John, let's start with you. I don't think it was as like I know we shit on it a lot, or at least it sounded like we shit on it a lot. 
I don't think it was that song that like I don't think it was bad. I just don't think it was great. Right? And I think I think it's okay that they have a song that falls somewhere in between. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I like that last part where it picked up a little bit. Um I, I could if that would have been the whole song, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Um it's hard when the mix is so out of balance, you know, and and this one was was really poorly done. Um, I think it's I, I think it's a decent song. Um, you know, we but I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse when I talk about Steven's repetition on his lyrics, but if it's everyone else's fault that he can't write good lyrics, then you know, you just repeat words over and over again. Um, I think it's I think it's a decent song. I think if they were if they took this idea and had worked it as a coherent band, I think they they had a framework to do something really good. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. It's all right. There's some elements about it I like. Uh, we were talking about Metallica earlier, and uh, you mentioned uh, Jason Newstead, and probably his best work was on Injustice for All, where they took all the bass out. Bass was so prominent in this song. It was kind of cool to hear, because Tom Hamilton's a great bass player. But yeah, mm -hmm. the, the the mix was definitely off. Uh, so the question is going to become, The Hand That Feeds was never a single. So if we're going to put it on a, on a mixtape, uh, the first opportunity it has is on the deep cut side, side A, Currently on that side of the dice, we have rats in the cellar moving out. No more, no more. Girl keeps coming apart. Bone to bone. Coney Island Whitefish Boy. Seasons of Wither. Permanent Vacation. Magic Touch and Combination. So the question becomes, John Mariano, does the hand that feeds take any of those songs off of side A? I don't think it's as far as you might think from Magic Touch, but I don't think it's better than Magic Touch. I think Magic Touch is a more complete song. I think there are elements of this I definitely enjoy more than Magic Touch. Um, but I think Magic Touch just feels way more finished than this song. Okay. So that's one vote no. Scott Haskin, what's your vote? Yeah, um, I kind of get John's ongoing hatred for permanent vacation because every week he's like trying to knock a permanent vacation song off of the tape. I, I would say if we had a like a middle of the road side this might go on there but i don't think that this song is stronger as a whole package than any of the nine we have on the tape now all right two no's means it's not getting a spot on side a uh, for the record uh, to make it official my vote also would have been no uh, like i said there's elements of it i dig uh, it's okay but it's not better than any of the nine we have on there so now this is last chance time for the hand that feeds uh do does any one of us want to put the hand that feeds on the nasty cut side of the second mixtape. Uh, just to refresh your memories, John has Walk on Water, Cheesecake, and Bright Light Fright on his side. Scott has the movie Nobody's Fault and Hangman Jury. And I have Falling in Love is Hard on the Knees, Janie's Got a Gun, and You Gotta Move. Uh, Scott, let's start with you first. Uh, do you feel like taking the hand that feeds and putting it on your nasty cuts? No, I, I sorry, I don't. Okay. Uh, John, how about you? On um, my nasty cuts? Yeah. Listen, this song, it's not their worst song. It's not their best song. It's definitely better than some songs on this mixtape, at least one song on this mixtape. And while I get what the rules are, you cannot take the movie song, off of my mixtape, John. <laughs> this particular song is on the mixtape because we originally started bending the rules. And it really irritates me that something that got in 
on a um for lack of a better word a a a, a hanging chad if you will um and if i could i would like to throw my um throw, throw my hat in the ring to take the movie off all right so that's one vote to put the hand that feeds on scott's side of nasty cuts taking off the movie scott uh do you agree with this i, I don't know how you do that is that not within the rules? I, it's our show. We can kind of I, make the rules whatever we want, right? I thought our own mix sides were about our own personal choices. I well, I think John's wrong. I think it's better than Walk on Water. So my vote would be that John takes it off of his, uh, puts it on his, uh, and removes Walk on Water. Okay. We have a rebuttal. Walk on Water. Off I, I, have, I, I, have a, I have a point to a counterpoint. Okay. Um. Walk on Water has never been removed from the mixtape, therefore is ineligible for what Scott is saying based on the rules. Um, but songs that have been removed from the mixtape are eligible to be removed from the mixtape. Is that deep in the bylaws somewhere? I, I don't, I'd like to see these. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I got a wager for you boys and uh, uh -oh. I, I, involving the movie. Uh, and the hand that feeds. Uh, would you care to put a little skin in the game? Here's what oh. I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, we don't have uh, my my usual favorite game, how many times did Aerosmith play this song live? Because they never played it live, uh, according to setlist.fm. So I was thinking I would play my little prices right music here. And we'd play a different game. If anyone can tell me what number... Draw the line the album peaked at on the Japanese album charts. That person who goes closest to the actual number without going over can substitute whatever they want with the hand that feeds. I'll take that wager. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is going to be good. I, I live in a gambling town. I kind of feel <laughs> obligated. All right. So price is right rules. You have to come closest to the actual number without going over whoever wins can take the hand that feeds and puts it on wherever the fuck he wants so the question again is what number did draw the line the album peak on the japanese album charts john mariano let's start with you wait wait i have a point of contention here good i need, I need, I need some clarification okay because charts work backwards to how we normally work and the higher number is technically one. So the price is right rules should be in reverse. Therefore, you like if you pick one, right, and it, it's like three overall, you should lose. Yes, because that's going higher over. than three. I hear right. you. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. So going in reverse order like that. Okay. So 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 I would like to defer to Scott. <laughs> well, I don't think you're, you can pass. You're the challenger. <laughs> yeah, you're the challenger. Because he knows what I'm going to do to him. <laughs> I'm going to go with... A lot of variables. How popular was Aerosmith in Japan in 1977? I'm going to go with... Wait, which charts is this going on? The Japanese album charts. Just all album charts. Yeah. And what was the year? 1977. 1970. What number did this album peak? Um, 
I'm gonna say 37. 37. Okay, John is saying 37. Scott Askin, what is your vote? What do you think? What what number did Draw the Line peak on the album Japanese the album the Japanese album charts in 1977? Okay, so if I say, so his was what 30 what? He said 37. 37. Good number, by the way, if you're a fan of Clerks. Yes. Um, so if I say 36, that would be my like one dollar over yes. John's. Yes. But the question would be, do I think it it charted that high? Yes. In 77, I'm gonna say I think it did. I'm gonna say 36. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. So so I just want to point out. Scott did this wrong because no, number one, right, is is we, we established this. So Scott should have picked 38 if he wanted no. to block. No, he shouldn't have. It depends. Do you think only if he thought it it, it finished higher but, than 37? But, but right. Corey, th- then we're both over. No, you're not. Oh, we're not? We, we have a definitive winner, and it's Scott Haskin. The correct number is nine. Right. No, ah. that doesn't... But that's not how it works, Corey. Yes, it is. He comes. We're, he was closer. No, but without going without, over. Yeah, and he didn't go over. Right, Eight would have been over. Seven would have been over. Six would have been over no, because no, one no, is no. the highest. Oh. We already established this. Remember? Oh. This, we clarified that before we voted, John. I screwed up. You did. <laughs> John was wrong. John was wrong. Where's the Where's the song for John is wrong? I don't have a cowbell handy. <laughs> It should be like a little horse clip clop or something. So the question is, what song is Scott removing to put this song on? Was this worth it? Yeah, that's the real question. Because here's the thing. I really liked Bright Light Fright. So I'm not going to remove that. And if I'm not mistaken, that was uh, the episode that John Matola from the Deep Purple podcast was a guest on. Was it not? It is, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and just I, I did find the the sound for John being wrong. Ooh. So, Scott, the option is yours. You can keep the hand that feeds off the mixtape, or you can replace the song on John's side of Nasty Cuts if you want. We let you pick the plan. Or we could talk about Kudo. <laughs> That threw me off a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm in a good mood. It's been a mostly good day, so I am going to leave it off and not replace one of John's songs. If he wants to replace, say, Walk on Water or Cheesecake, uh, that would be up to him. But uh, I, I'm going to take the high road tonight, even though I have been dissed by this dice week after week, and I should just be clawing at any flesh I can find. Good for you, Scott. I'm glad you took the high road. Uh, John, uh, the choice now becomes yours. Do you want to put the hand that feeds on your nasty cuts only? Wait, it's got deferred to me, so I should be able to replace, replace this song. No, now. that's not how it works. Oh, but he gave up all the power. No, you, you have to wait till next week and try and take off oh. the movie. But man, I, I, I tr- I'm trying, folks. I'm really trying here. <laughs> I gave you the perfect opportunity. All you had to do was come closest to the actual number without going over. I even gave you a hint. How popular was Aerosmith in Japan in 1977? The answer is pretty. I, I mean, I mean, I don't know what the hint was there. I was very confused. Because they're popular. You went 37. Like, that's barely top 40. Yeah, because it's not a good album. 
It's well, no, but in Canada, it was it hit number ten. France was uh, six. The U.S. Billboard was eleven. You know what, though, it, to your point, John, the charting success of an album often does not relate to whether it was even a popular album or not. It's the anticipation of the album where people pre-order it or they go out the day it comes out. They haven't heard it yet. They aren't going to know if it's a good album until they hear it. So back then when there were fewer albums to buy and you couldn't go on Spotify or even iTunes and pre-listen to the album or sections of the album, people were like, new Aerosmith album, great, I want to buy it. And I think the charts are kind of irrelevant to me because they're not based on the actual popularity of the album. They're based on the hype and the, the anticipation. You won the game. Why are you shitting on the charts? Oh, I always shit on the charts. Oh. <laughs> Scott's just not a fun winner. Like, you know what would have happened had I won? Oh, I know. You'd still be doing laps around uh, your, your living room there doing the Homer Simpson. Woo, 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 like for like an hour. See me, I just go into the tree. <laughs> so, uh, John, did we get an answer? Are you putting the hand that feeds on your nasty cuts? No, I'm not, but I got to replace the song now. Yeah, you do. Uh, just, again, for the record, I'm here too. I'm not putting it on mine either. So let's go now. I'm going to hit edit. We're going to go to the dice. We're going to skip the fucking ads. We're taking off the hand that feeds, and John Mariano is going to tell us what amazing Aerosmith song he's putting on there for next week. Um... I'm really, I'm really stretching here, but I think we're gonna go with um, "Out of Your Head." Out of your head, you're going back to—is that music from another dimension? It is just push play. Oh, just push play. So that's three, just push play songs on the dice now. I am trying to get rid of this album <laughs> as fast as I can. Clearly, uh, I, I think I put Jaded on. I put the hit on there. You went with Light Inside and Out of Your Head. So we have three Just Push Play tracks on the dice, uh, along with A Hole in My Soul, which is another John track, and uh, two things that don't matter because they'll never spin because Scott picked them. I kind of feel like Jaded has been on there for a while too, hasn't it? A little bit. Uh, it, we haven't spun one of mine in a while. Uh, yeah. So it, it's been a good you know eight or nine episodes uh, since I put that one on there. But uh, it's been John been been swapping out things for the last two months. Uh, he's just been rolling everything. So we're going to Vegas. <laughs> I'll, I'll get here as quick as I can. Yeah, it's going to be a long drive for one of you. All right, let's <laughs> let's wrap this one up, guys. Uh, Scott, where can the folks find you, and what you got coming up? Uh, everything the the hub for me is at www. I did it again every week. I'm like, don't say the www because people know how websites work. It's 2023. Uh, Scott Haskin.com, I also have a page for this very podcast. Just click on the Aerosmith podcast link and you'll uh, find all cool stuff about the show. All the episodes are streamable off that website as well as anchor. And, uh, yeah, uh, all the stuff I'm doing can be found right there. You heard it here first, www.scotthaskin.com is where you can get all that information. John Mariano, uh, what do you got you want to talk about? Oh, you know, I guess, I guess Backtrack's theme music. Um, it's a fun little show we do about movies, TV shows, and music. And Cor Corey and I have a much different relationship on that show than we have here for some reason. I think Aerosmith sometimes brings out the worst of us. Um I just hope everybody um, agrees with me that this movie should get off this mixtape at some point. 
Who knows? Maybe next week will be another opportunity. Who knows? You've got the bylaws sitting in front of you. Uh, you. You have to let us know if there's another illegal loophole that, that you can jump through to try and get Scott's favorite song off of his own, you know, part of the mixtape. Yeah, there, there's something kind of sad about that. Speaking I, of I, sad, you can I, join I me. At... <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Corey. I just want to point out, I, I I've never heard John sound so defeated, and I'm not saying that in a like I won and you didn't way. I'm actually concerned about his mental state right now. I, I think he thought he had you. He, he thought he found the loophole, and then I came up with the game. All he had to do was pick the right number, and he picked the way worse number, and, and you were able to beat him. I like should, that I've never game. beaten John in an argument about anything, whether it's important or insignificant. And the one time that I win is when it matters. Well, I tell you what, next week I'll have a different game, uh, a better game and not a shitty game. Like John said, maybe it's, you know, name a word that rhymes with movie. And if John <laughs> names it first, then then he will win. <laughs> and then Scott will be sad. Movie. sad. What'd you say? Hoovy. Hoovy as in Hoovy to Guerrero. That works. Oh, you're going with booby. Oh, booby. I was going to say groovy, you know, words that actually exist. Oh, that's, that's an actual thing. word. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. That game is shot now. I got a whole week to come up with a new game now. <laughs> I, I know what, I'm going to have to quit my job. This is going to be a full-time gig. Uh, but on behalf of Scott Haskin and uh, John Mariano, my name is Corey Marsett. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, what the hell, let's give the final word to Steven Tyler. 